Hi everyone, welcome to Unofficial Art Therapy. This is Dr. Liz and Coombsy's coming online in a minute. Today we have an amazing guest with us, Greg Soul, who is the host, producer, creator, putterer togetherer of the Why Am I podcast. He's just an awesome guy, a lovely person to talk to. We talk to him about podcasting, why he loves the medium so much, why he does it, where he came from. Um... At this point when we had a chat, only he and Coombsy knew each other. I was new to the game. Since then, um, I've had a good chat to him on his website, on his podcast as well. So you can find me and Coombsy separately on the Why Am I podcast. And in the meantime, you can listen to Greg, Coombsy and I on this podcast. As always, this is not official medical advice. If there's anything you need, please do reach out and ask for help. It's there. Uh, Coombsy and I are on unceded Aboriginal land and we acknowledge that and pay our deepest respects to Elders past and present. Um, Take care. We hope you enjoy this one. Good call. I'm recording on my end as well, but let me just make sure the Zoom is doing what I need it to do. Thank you very much. Hang on. And let me try to not um, also kill you at the same time. (laughs) <laughs> not killing you know what i mean yeah. Hang on. recording in progress ah beautiful now we're going there we go got it You're all gorgeous. right look at you okay okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is isn't he um <laughs> okay <laughs> first first guest ever special episode this is it i think maybe first i'll just do a quick how i met greg and then we'll We'll uh, bring him into the combo. Um, the great Catherine King, who is Adam Hill's sign language interpreter, uh, she was a guest on Greg's podcast, Why Why Am I podcast. Mm. And she posted it, so anything Catherine does, I obviously look at and listen to, and it was fantastic. And then I think Catherine said to Greg maybe that I might be worth having a chat to. Right. So then we communicated, I think, via Twitter maybe and then an email and and I said, look, I'd be chuffed to have, a, have an interview, have a crack. The, the icebreaker was the most different icebreaker I've ever come across where it was select your fantasy meal in a fantasy restaurant. So you could pick anything you want to eat. And I was so happy about that and thinking, you know, that's that's pretty cool. That's... That's really cool. Um, and I, I, I chose some things that I thought might be, um, you know, a bit different. That possibly Greg hadn't heard of. <laughs> and he certainly hadn't heard of a couple of things anyway. Let's put it that way. The muddy mud is the one that I, I like too. And the man salad. Yeah, the muddy yeah. mud and the man salad were the two. Yep, that's right. And, Those were um, both brand new to me. Yeah, they were both brand new, but it was a great way to. I said it was, you know, really, really different. Um, and I've never come across anything like that before, and so it was a, a great start to just because we'd never spoken prior to this. Um, we just got to that point and. I thought, well, you know, this is a nice start. This is going really well. Um, you know, I, I just, I was just happy to start with. And I thought, well, the rest of this is going to be pretty special. 
And um, then we got into the why am I part and how did I get to where I was? And that was a hard question to start with because the reason why I am what I am now is purely because of my cancer diagnosis. It started, and I think I said I'm a comedy-loving, theatre-loving, music-loving grandfather. And then Greg addressed everything. Asked some questions that have never been asked before, and I've been a guest on a fair few podcasts. And it put me at ease to think, well, this guy actually does care. So I don't know how much research he'd done, but he'd done some. And it was evident that he's taken the time to really care about who I was without even knowing him. As I said, I've been on Philosophy, which is you know one of the biggest podcasts in Australia with Will Anderson, um, twice. You know, Will normally has on celebrities and you know prime ministers, and <laughs> so it was a real thrill to be on his podcast. But I've got to be honest and say that it was a real thrill to be on on Greg's. I found it really special. And then through the pod, we found out we had some other things in common and. Uh, like magic <laughs> and uh, Greg has been bamboozling me with his ability and um, it's been great and then doing tutorials so now taking the next step that he's actually shown an interest in something I've shown interest by trying to help me out doing this my videos getting his wife his poor wife in there to hold cards <laughs> and hold the camera and, <laughs> and do all that stuff and It's just been a special bond and um, created so quickly. And again, I've got to be honest, and it's this, this goes for both of you. I wish I met you 20 years ago. Hmm. In the prime of my life, not at the end of my life. And it really frustrates me that I meet the good people right at the end. And like, why didn't they come in 20 years ago? Because, you know, the cancer diagnosis only happened 12 years ago. So as Greg said, this is... BCPC or uh, BCAD Craig, and that's that's absolutely true, absolutely true. So, um, further ado, I think we should bring them in. But first of all, before we bring them in, we need to give him an intro rather than just clap, don't we? Please, Papa, you do it. You do it, babe. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Ready? Give a little bit of heart and soul. Give <laughs> a little bit of heart and soul. Please welcome Greg Soul. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> the best and longest intro I've ever had. Hello, Greg. Sorry, we, we are. We, uh, there will be some editing. I did tell you there'll be recording, but I promise you, I, I will clean up my nonsense before pub, before Coombsy gets in there and does some proper stuff. Thank you for being with us. Yeah, yeah. The music intro, and I had it all set up, and then the screen died, and I'm thinking, oh, great. And how am I going to do this? And I thought, oh, they'll probably catch me looking down, trying to get the screen back up, get the volume off, get it to the right point in the video. I'm trying to do that while I'm talking. Uh, I'm not a multitasker, but I was actually thinking, oh, have I got it to the right part in the video now? I don't know. <laughs> I thought, this is going to be a great intro, and it still was. <laughs> Perfect. Greg, do you mind, um, it's so nice to meet you and to meet you over podcast 
And like I said, I feel like I know you because I hear you. Do you do you want to tell us a little bit about how you like to think about yourself? You know, are, you know, are you happy for people to know you via podcast, or is there other sides to you? How does how does podcast work for you as a as a as a medium? Dare I say it? Um, how does it work for me as a medium? I don't know. It's interesting. And um, Liz, have you? Oh, Liz, I'm sorry. I I will have to ask you questions. No, I, no, I can't this ever. Is the point. Do... No, no, this is good. I, Here we are. I, I go into podcast host mode. I'm curious, have you, is this your first podcast or have you, have you done them in the no, past? No, no. So I've, I've done them in the past and I teach podcasting here at, at uni okay. as well. So, but I, I come as it mainly from a fan, from a fan's perspective. So I do a lot more listening than I do making, as you can tell with my yeah. tech joy, <laughs> but I've been, <laughs> I've, I've been a music journalist for a long time, for 20 years. So Coomzy, that's why we didn't meet 20 years ago was because I was down the front at Daggy Bands while you were up the front being in bands. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'll wrestle you, Greg, for who's going to take the interviewer's reins back and that's fine. Oh. That's cool. <laughs> no, no, I, I refuse. I refuse to do it. The, the reason I really wanted to ask is I've, um, I've done a lot of uh, I guess digital stuff before. So I used to do um, a technical podcast. I did it for about a decade. Wow. And I had, I'd only been in that, like I had not been in that industry for like the last two years of it. So it was really a grind to kind of keep going. And I finally found somebody to kind of take over the reins, but I digress. I used to go to like um, conferences associated with kind of that industry I was in and I would be talking to somebody and then somebody would walk up behind me and tap me on the shoulder and like, I recognize your voice. You're Greg Soul, and you know. So it was, <laughs> and like, that's the closest I'll ever be to a celebrity. Is that weird niche where these nerds would come up and be like, "Oh my gosh, I, I yeah." <laughs> so it's, it's weird, like the the parasocial relationship. And then, you know, that was um that was a technical podcast, but you know, bits and pieces of you always slip out, right? Like in between in the stories, and and for me, the most interesting part. I don't know about you. I'm an avid uh, podcast listener too, but my favorite part are the rabbit holes when. You know, you start on a subject, but then they start telling a story and they go some crazy place you never anticipated. And so to me, that's that's where the real meat, you know, is. And so I, I used to do that a lot on my even on my technical one. And I guess here and there people would come to kind of know you or uh, or a, a version of you, I should say. Well, and you you have fans, mate, here. <laughs> Since we've done the podcast. I know one fan for a start. You know who I'm talking about when she said she has got the most beautiful shaped ovoid head. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you that's remember what my that grandma said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah my, so my... Big fan. <laughs> also said, he's so gorgeous, that beautiful big moustache. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, he's got the perfect shaped head. And for those who can't see us, Greg and I uh, have the same hairstyle. Bald is beautiful. He's got this magnificent moustache, and I've got this epic beard. I often think, I wonder if there's someone who's so clever that could merge us together and have that moustache and this beard and both fairly good shaped bald heads. It it might help. It would help me because I, I don't consider myself a good looking bloke, but Greg is. So therefore, we will get the. Uh, the man. And you got fans in Australia. I promise you now. People are <laughs> listening to your podcast. Every week I'm getting people saying, that was so interesting with the girl last week with the restaurant. I'm like, wow, this is really good. Hopefully some of them turn into being Patreons, which would be nice. But, so. You know, it's, it's the sh you talk on so many subjects I want to talk about, Craig, you're killing me. <laughs> um, but one thing is, 
I think I'm kind of half a man and you're half a man. So if you put us together, we make like <laughs> one one like perfect dude. So in the words I, of Salt and a mighty good man. Now, my, uh, talking about the ball thing, my grandma used because like I started going ball when I was like 19. So I was like, this isn't my first rodeo. I'm used to this. But she used to say, um, what she said? She said God made only so many perfect heads. So you know, you had to make them bald so everybody could see. <laughs> I, I, I'm leaning into that as hard as I can. Yeah. That's and I say with a mustache, it's really anything to distract from the face itself. You know, if I can. Uh... <laughs> oh man. I, I, I actually say that too with my beard. People go, "Why the beard?" I say, "It's called a distractor." If you're looking at the beard, you're not look, you're not looking at my face, and that makes me happy. <laughs> oh, gentlemen, now listen. We are in an audio-only situation, and we're both talking visuals, and I love it. <laughs> Can I ask you both? Oh, yeah. Maybe ask you both. Like, is there a certain freedom? Do you find? With not having to like, because we're we're looking at each other at the moment because we don't know each other, so we're getting to we, we you know we're getting a bit of a vibe. But you know, podcasting to me, the beauty of it is you don't see a person; you get to imagine them. And in boring doctor lady language, I you know talk about that as the acousmatic voice. You know, the idea of a, a a voice that is detached from a body, so that the listener can imagine what you might be like. Is that wow. is that something that you ever think about? Is that part of the draw for you? Do you ever think that you can just let yourself go without having to worry about your body? And I say that as a, you know, as a short, round Italian woman who will who will get a beard like you. I'm just going to get more hair. I'm not going to get less. <laughs> that's, that's how it's going to happen for me. Do you do you how do you feel like is that being disembodied part of the appeal of podcasting for you at all? Mm. Well, you start first, Craig. What's your What's your answer on that? How do you feel about it? Um, I, I probably have been the guest on the podcast more than anything, and um, as I said, I'm happy for people to hear me more than look at me. Um, but I also, if I listen back to the pod, uh, which I do, um, I hear my voice, and it's just a reminder of what happened because the tune was on my vocal cord, and I've only got one vocal cord and if i remember what i sound like and i i do what i did sound like it's very different and even my wife will say from straight after the surgery and how bad my voice really was it's really improved after i had six months of therapy how to talk you know better um it's a tough one because then i i hear my voices you know not a good reminder for me and I try to put that aside and then just go, well, you know, I'd rather people hear me than see me. And unfortunately, they see a lot of me. <clears throat> That's not unfortunate. I, I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong, Coomsy, but nobody puts a gun to your head with those naked Tuesdays. <laughs> no, 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 they didn't. Um, they, it's, it's, it's evolved out of a, yeah. But anyway, we're, um, you know, I'm sure Greg will be involved sooner or later. Oh, there's a threat. <laughs> I, <laughs> I we'll see we'll see you have to clear it with my wife first she's uh she's probably not super keen on my uh I don't, <laughs> my body shape has changed over time like during covid i uh, i think like um, a lot of people i stress ate and so i've gotten kind of bigger in the middle but, but i've got like skinny legs so i say i look like a uh, like a pear walking on chopsticks <laughs> it's kind of if you want for those people that need a visual that's kind of what i look like right now <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's not... the solar power. That's just you know you got the battery. That's it. So, so uh, what do you think? But you know what you're. Oh, so we... oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
uh, for me, like even growing up, I can still remember, like I don't have a great memory, but I can still like vividly remember sitting and having people tell me stories in like different situations. I remember going to the library in um, elementary school and some of my favorite times we had kind of, it was like this little, uh, I don't know, kind of like this half round seating area and the teacher would sit right in the middle and we would kind of be out there. I can still remember sitting on kind of that little stadium seat and just listening to the stories. Like I've, I've always loved it. So for me, you know, finding uh, podcasts and I, well, at first I started audiobooks and then I went to, to podcasts oh. and uh, like, I just, I love, I love to hear stories. I love having that in my, in my head. Um, for me, um, I don't necessarily have any problems connecting with people and connecting with a story, but I think there's something special about actually having a, a visual component. So after, so I did just audio only podcasting, like even in the technical space for probably five years. And then enough people said, Hey, can you put this stuff on YouTube as well? I finally relented and um, it ended up being a good portion of our listenership listed. And so now with the YMI podcast, to be perfectly honest, I've probably, um, it ha- it's not that old. It's a couple of years old. Um, in podcast terms, that's not very old to so the, the newer one here, but it's probably got audio listens about 3,000. And on YouTube, I've probably got, I don't know, 60,000 uh, views, right? So, for what it's worth, people want to see the face of the other human. Like, I guess it's just helps some folks connect. I, I'm not really sure. Or maybe, maybe people don't want to have a podcatcher app anymore. They just want to use YouTube for that. I mean, that, it could mm-hmm. be that component as well, but. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, I feel like sometimes if it's just audio, I can, I can, I can hide behind that a bit. Right. Yeah. So like one of my favorite shows is uh drag race, you know, RuPaul's drag race. And uh, uh-huh. that wouldn't work so well audio things, only, would it? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Like one of that, like you talk about like everybody's got, um, their Moby Dick, right? Like if you could pick like your top three people to interview, mm-hmm. RuPaul Charles would be one of my favorites, one of my favorite humans on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but in there, uh, in one of the episodes, he said that when he first got into drag, like he just felt this power, you know, like this, you know, he just so, so powerful. And then when he got out of drag, you know, all of that went away. And then eventually he realized, wow. hey, this power I feel in drag, I can have it in other parts of my life too. I don't just have to be hiding behind the makeup, right? And so I think maybe not maybe not so maybe uh like starting with just the audio component helps me kind of hide behind the microphone and be more powerful than i than i normally would feel and eventually i found i can still be that confident person outside of just that and so the audio portion like doesn't bother me like that component if it helps grow the audience if it helps connect with other humans like in the the way they want to connect like i'm i'm all for it man like whatever whatever could potentially touch somebody else's life i think oh man i could just go on this like legacy for me is like something i i've thought about in the past and i'm never going to be rich and have like a, my name on the side of a building right like i i'm not going to be that person right there's not going to be some massive structure named after me um so what I've thought is like the legacy I want to leave is through people. And the best way I've found to do that is gentle little nudges, little ripples in a pond, right? You know, so just slowly. So if I can just gently touch as many people as I can, and I only have so much capacity and I only know so many things, but I find amazing people like um, like you, Craig, you know, like um, Catherine here introduced us, top shelf human. 
just like you, bud. Yeah. Up there with the really expensive stuff, right? Where you can you can barely even reach it, you know. So um, you guys have viewpoints and stories and perspectives that I I would never I would never get on my entire run on this planet. And so you know, if I can help give you a platform, all by the way, it's it's actually truly making me better. Like this has been um, therapy for me, believe it or not. Like I have fixed so many parts of me that are broken. So. Yeah. I think, but that's the thing that we kind of go, there's so much there, I reckon, because the therapy part, you know, we were both really aware, like, Coombs is the actual health professional, I'm just the doctor, like, I'm a doctor lady of different things with all these books, right? <laughs> so <laughs> we don't want anybody who's listening to, like, actually not get medical help if that's what they need. But all the other soft stuff, and even now, like, I'm reading and seeing, I don't know if it's the same way you are, Greg, but they're talking about, you know, now people actually, um, you know, doctors prescribing songs and pres prescribing art to kind of help people with certain mental health just you know with I guess lower level but you know to start sort of thinking about that as a therapy and I think you're right like I see listen to podcast pop up in a few of those self not quite self-help but those sort of mental health first aid advice things and I wonder why a podcast is a thing that would stick out you know what I mean um, well, when when I was on, sorry, when I was on with Greg, I found his voice really comforting. Like when he started, like so, I saw him and thought, okay, this is a good looking rooster. I love the masaka. I love the hair. He's got it. What's the voice going to sound like? Yeah. And then out come this absolutely. It it sort of grabs you and makes you feel a bit more more than safe. Thinking he's calm. He's controlled. It's a good tone, you know. I don't know if he can sing, but if he can, <laughs> it'd be just a beautiful one of those. It's a Barry White voice, I reckon, you where you just Greg close your eyes. Oh, I want to know now. I did choir. I did choir in school, and then my voice started changing for like a year and a half, and I was like, "This is just not going to happen." No. Like, I yeah. So I uh, no, it well, is not that. I've been struggling to find something wrong with this bloke. There it is. He can't sing. <laughs> well, I, can't I knew sing. there had he to said... be one floor. Well, well, he didn't say can't sing. It sounded more to me like he wouldn't sing. Is there something we can wouldn't fix there, Greg? <laughs> uh, I don't. I. I don't think there is any amount of auto tune baked into Zoom that is going to make that well, palatable for either you or any list. You know what I say? Don't <laughs> never keep shame. Everybody's you know got a thing they're into. Yeah. Maybe. A bald guy with a mustache singing poorly is like your your jam, and I don't want to deprive you of that. Just not today, not today. I I remember when we were finishing that podcast with Greg. He said something to me that I'd never thought of, and it, and I laughed. I didn't think too much, and then later on when we were finished, I thought about oh, what did I say? I don't know what I said sometimes, and then I remembered what he said, and it's like he was right. Can you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I said, um, uh, you're you're somebody's fetish. I was like, believe it or not, you know, there are people out there on the internet that are going to find you. And uh, you confirmed that that was accurate information. Accurate <laughs> information? And uh, I was like, whoa. Um, no, oh, Greg's right. Okay, wow. Well, okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. <laughs> so, Kimsey, you've got a side hustle now, do you? I thought you were just doing it for the love and to, yeah. to kick yeah. cancer in the dick. Now you're doing it as a bit of a side project. 
Well, you know, now that the OnlyFans is up and working, you know, well, just gonna drive that traffic. And you two have been, I mean, I sort of feel like a bit of a third wheel here. You two have just been getting it on so nicely. Maybe I just got to get out of the way. The men with a certain spherical approach to life, you know? <laughs> well, there's a there's a secret club. Uh, you would uh, see the handshake if we were in person, which generally you're not allowed to, but under certain circumstances, we can let muggles in on that as well. Exactly right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what mm. are, you're saying it's therapy for you what do you could you is there something about is it listening to pods that give you therapy is it making them is it the sitting down and editing like do you just get your your love pulling down you know pulling out your equalizer what is it that what do you find therapeutic um it's therapy and i think sort of uh the classic sense um i'm uh flawed like many humans broken and um things that are you know it is so funny um, this reminds me of a story where there was a guy I worked with and I was, I was leaving this job and sweetest human I've ever, a guy named Jacob, sweetest human I've ever uh, met in my life. And he was telling me all these things he liked about me. And as he ticked them off, I could roll back into my mind something really traumatic that happened to me in my childhood. Love why I'm like this or why I have that thing. And it's coping mechanisms, right? Like something traumatic happens to you, you develop these coping mechanisms. So um, Coombsy, you said, I'm Calm and controlled, that is a coping mechanism from a very insane okay. childhood, right? And it's just, okay. it's so funny that sometimes we will develop these coping mechanisms and people find them useful or they like them. And that's cool, right? But unfortunately, not for everybody, it's always a positive thing. So there's been a lot of uh, negative coping mechanisms or whatever in my life. And through talking to people, I can genuinely sort of experiment in my brain, say like, uh, for example, when I was really young, I uh, I learned to not show emotion because it was dangerous. Like if I showed anything, you know, really bad stuff would happen to me. So I, I eventually learned to stop. And then when it stopped, it never. No, no, it, really it, it is. What it, no, no, no. I, I didn't know the difference. Right. Well, the trick was I turned off the the tap and it rusted closed. And I, I didn't feel anything again until I was in like my mid 30s. Like I started wow. learning to feel stuff again. And like, this is going to sound morbid, but um, I genuinely liked going to funerals because if I could get in that scenario, like if I was there, I would feel sadness and it was better to feel sadness than nothing at all. Like okay. it was so, so like that's bizarre and abnormal. And uh, you know, you just, you don't know those things. But then eventually I learned to start like feeling things again. And it was crazy because for me, it was all on or all off. It was like, wow. I was either, I didn't feel anything or I was drinking from the fire hose and brother, you can't walk through life like that. You know what I mean? And um, honestly, this podcast has helped me tremendously because I can like open up so I can, I can be in this space where I'm entirely open. And I, so genuinely Coombsy, I, I only did a little bit of research, like the, tiniest bit of research on you ahead of time and i mostly just went based on what you told me i i wanted you to i wanted to see you exactly the same way you see yourself and wow. i just open myself up and i try and feel everything you say to me and like i said you, you can't walk through life like that that's crazy like you wouldn't survive but it gave me this little place where i could i could do that and it's genuinely helped me learn to control it in regular life, like moderate in regular life. And 
um, be a better, honestly, I say be a better human. You know, like I've talked to a lot mm. of people um, all over life and they'll say, you know, I want to, I want to be a better husband, a better brother, you know, a better, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. And to me, I've learned that those are all lower level things, right? If you go to the very top and you be a better human, everything else feeds from that, right? You're a better partner, brother, father, sister, you know, whatever it happens to be, you know, better friend. True. So That's, um, all this stuff helps. Yeah, it's beautiful. It, it's really, I mean, while it's great, it must be, and again, not to stay too morbid for a while, but it must be quite painful sometimes. Like very joyful, but also very painful because when you open the tap, holy shit, it all comes, I imagine. Yeah, and there's, Coomsy, uh, Coomsy. This was harder than uh, most of them, and probably not for the reason you would expect. Um, he uh, he was talking about his um, his, uh, his mom and dad, and how they you know she was in the hospital and the father there. Well, there was a uh, when my youngest son was born. It was two weeks after he was born. <clears throat> my wife uh, ended up in the hospital. She had a massive blood clot in her her left leg, and we did like two and a half weeks in the ICU. She had a 30% chance of survival, like two pulmonary embolisms. She came out, came out in a wheelchair, had to learn to rewalk and all that stuff. But she is stubborn as shit. So, of course, good woman. Of course, of course, now she's like a fitness instructor and she like kicks everybody's ass and she's, you know, going harder, twice as hard as anybody in those classes, right? She is amazing to me, quite literally amazing to me. It's like unbelievable. Um, but, I, uh, in those scenarios, like I had to just, I just had to lock it all down, you know, and, uh, I had to be strong. I couldn't show any weakness or anything. And so I took all that stuff and I put a, uh, a, a lid on it, just a big, heavy, incredibly tight lid. And when Coomsey talked about that stuff, you know, in that space, the lid came off and, oh, he liked to kill me. Luckily, at the end of his story, he made some jokes and yeah. he brought me out of it. Otherwise, like that's as much as I can say about it because I can already feel it. My my throat literally locks up. It just like stops, and I I, I can't. So I've got a lot of trauma. I want to. I need to deal with. And Coombsy really like inspired me. Like he's so brave and talking about this stuff that I really want. I really want to get my hands around that because i want to be able to talk about that and i uh, when we got off that podcast i walked to my room and i i sobbed and i just broke down i just i mean i was mm, i couldn't even control myself for like five minutes it was crazy it's crazy it was like ugh. i want i want to be able to talk about this because it feels important because it was so i don't know it's so important for me to hear what craig had to say and it's like if me being able to talk about that like a like a regular person, you know, um, could help even one other person. Like that, it feels important to me. And I obviously I don't want to break down every time I I think about that either. That's you know that's another one. Yeah. Yeah, and it's ironic again. That today is the day where I got the phone call about mum had slipped into the start of the end, and where I turned up at the hospital when she was on the life support and shaking head. Today was that day where I said to them, take it all off. And the doctor was like, she will die within an hour. I said, she's earned the right, take it out. 
Mm. I mean, she lasted those days and coming this Saturday with 30 years since she passed away. So I hate today because today I hate today with a passion because it's that start. And I think, you know, for 29 years, it's got me going to get me again, you know, and I, I try to find ways to get around it, but I can't. So I just let it get to me and, and I feel the emotion at some stage today, I will, I will just lose it, but I need to, and that's okay. I mean, tomorrow I will, and the day after I will, because I remember every day leading up to it. So by the end of these six days, five days, I'm an emotional wreck. Come Saturday, when the day that she dies, because I sat there holding a hand and watched took her last breath. So I was with her. I was the only one there with her at that point in time. And then amazingly, when the Sunday comes around, this Sunday comes around, is where I remember taking a deep breath and thinking, my life has just changed so dramatically because I've constantly been there for mum. And my thoughts were, now I'm going to have to spend more time with my family, more time doing this, more time doing that. And it changed the direction of what I do. Um, and part of me, might sound terrible, but was relieved because she'd spent that long in hospital in trap. Yeah. I thought she's got a freedom. She does. And so and so have I a little bit. Yeah. Um so I understand that in between sort of and that's you know where it is. But I, I was pleased when we were gonna do it today because I thought people would have been so supportive and caring to me if I could pick a couple of people to talk to today, I'd I would have picked the two that I'm talking to now. That's nice. I just, you know what I'm thinking too, and maybe this is if I go into Dr. Lady Land in the wrong way, tell me to piss off, but <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm the odd person out, obviously, because I've got hair upstairs and downstairs and the other way around. You know, my, my beard is yet to come in. That's the real problem that I have. But like I said, I know the hormones oh. will get me. The hormones and the genes will get me, and I'm fine with that. But I just uh, think too, you know, even like I'm a mum of a little boy and a little girl and, you know, I just sort of think is there something that if you need to cry, I just think you got to do it. And I know I just feel so, still so frustrated that we're getting so much better at helping women find their place in the world and helping non-binary people find their place in the world. I mean, we're not there, don't get me wrong, but we had an emphasis mm. on it for a while. But I just think men should have this space too you know what I mean like what the great Hannah Gatsby says nobody's got nobody's got their you know nobody owns the human condition it's all of us you know what I mean and if a girl cries even yep. now you know if a girl cries yep. she's allowed if a woman cries she's allowed she might be looked down on but she's allowed but it doesn't mean that if you don't if you didn't and if you need to do it you do it you know what I mean like yep. I just I want to know how we can make a better place for that and I just think you know myself when I've had those times one of the best things somebody said to me when my dad passed was can I just sit and have a cry with you and now yeah, that's yeah. what yep. I try for what it's worth that's yep. what I try and do for other people I can't fix it I can't make no. it better but I can sit and have a cry with you you know what I mean yeah, you, <laughs> which is not um, you, you, you've yeah. said that to me yeah you've, you've said that to me when you say can I help you can I sit and just have a cry with you even on the phone yeah yeah. You've said that many a time. And I don't know. I mean, is it, is it worth what? I mean, like I say, I'm the wrong kind of doctor. I'm making it up. But <laughs> hopefully it <laughs> helps, you know. Hopefully. I mean, what else can you do? Yeah, it helps knowing. That's what I, you know, when people say, I wish I could do more to help you, mate. I go, well, you can't. You can't actually, you can't 
take any more of the pain away. I got a box full of medication. That's its job to do that. And I trust the doctor to get it right. And if one thing doesn't work, I can try take another one of them or I'll go and do that or I'll put some other patches, pain patches on or whatever. But the emotional side of things, know that people say, hey, I'm here for you. If you need me, just contact me. That's good enough. And and then I've got that choice where I can go, you know what, I'd rather just be with me or you know, I need to call my cousin Tracy and I do need to have a cry with her. Or, you know, I talk to my mate Jono and we get talking about something and all of a sudden both of us start. Yeah. And that's okay. And we, that's okay. And then we, there's other people again that offer that to me. And I feel bad sometimes when I say, no, I'm, I'm good, I'll get it sorted. Because I think, you know, they've offered four or five times and, you know, I've always said, no, I'm okay. Because that's at that point in time where I was. Sometimes I think, do I owe it to that person to go, yeah, call me and we will cry together. No. no, and then I, yeah, and then I think, no, I don't. I don't. I absolutely don't. But so nice having them to offer that. And look, that's what I found with a lot of different podcasts where you can find little branches of trees that you need to listen to the tree sorts that's available with different people at different levels and that's what I love with philosophy is with Will Anderson you know he normally talks to high class comedians and politicians and to get me on was a, a, a real departure and that that has given me many friends the philosophy podcast people just send one message and then go then they want to tell me their story and they go yeah go for it yeah. um so it's a medium that I think is valued by some people who don't, who haven't really got into it, and I, I don't really know how to sort of push them further in. But to say, I just encourage go and have a listen because there's other people out there who really can help you by just talking and listening. That's what I said about Greg. I thought he listened, like with him and Will Anderson, listened so well to what I said, and then based what was coming next mm. off that. Mm. And when I listened back to it, I thought, yeah. This dude knows what he's doing. He cares about that he's hearing. And there goes my dog because someone's just knocked on the door. He cares about the words he's hearing and he knows what to say next. So that's what I'm saying about the comfort of his voice. It wasn't just this, the, you know, the beautiful dulcet tones and that, but it felt like it was just wrapping around my heart and going, hey, while we're talking about the, this other stuff, Got yeah. He was. I felt like that's what he was saying to me, without saying it to me. And I think I may have said that to you, Liz. I'm, yeah, you did. Not sure if it was your cousin Tracy where I said I did. Yeah, I don't think I felt as comfortable and as cared about by someone who I don't really know yet. And I thought this is why I need to know this man even more. Um, and man, is he a good magician? Jeez. <laughs> so he's a good pos but he's a good po podcaster for a magician. Is that what you're saying? He's he's got me beat. <laughs> I've got to get one of his tricks, but he knows all of mine. <laughs> I think I got, I think I busted him on one. I think I've got there. I'm just give me 
a couple of days, Greg, and I'll, I'll then go find it. Um, yeah. And that's I think my you've goal. figured out more. I think you've figured out more than you're letting on. Uh, no, I'm absolutely, totally honest. Because <laughs> I show my, my son-in-law, Joe, because he's, he's fantastic at picking all these other ones. Go, oh, no, they're doing this, they're doing that. And I'll show him a couple and go, it's good, eh? I went, yeah, it's good, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Greg, can I ask you a question about, because you're the proper podcaster here and, you know, you and you were doing technical stuff before. Like, do you think that it, like, would you have, if without podcasting, would you have gone to radio? Would you have gone to television? Like, is there something about... Wow. Because to me, yeah. the thing that's so great about podcasting is anyone can do it, right? You don't have to wait for those gatekeepers. You don't have to write for the right tech. You don't have to wait for the right audience and executives and death by committee. You can just get in and do it. And even, you know, is, was that an appeal for you? How did it, how did all of that come together? Um, it started pretty simply. I, um, I've never had many friends, right? Like I've, I've been very socially awkward and quiet, like, uh, really talking to new people was terrifying to me. Being in crowds was terrifying to me. I can't even recognize that person I used to be. It's like, it's, it's very, it's very different. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just when the hair went, I mean, you know, it was like opposite, it was like opposite of Samson. As soon as the hair went, like, you know, I started, I started changing yeah. for the better. Yeah. But I, um, I got into this, uh, this technical industry that I was in, like computer networking stuff. And I started traveling to some conferences. Well, I, met a couple of people there and uh you know and i started this blog uh where i don't know i uh i had just been educating myself so much and i was learning all these things well one i told you i have kind of a bad memory so i you know if i put it in a blog well then i can reference back and there's nothing more humbling than like googling the answer to something and you see you you wrote a blog post answering that five years ago you're like god why can't i remember anything i'm the same i've written written three books i'm the same somebody will say tell me this thing i'm like what and they said you wrote that did i oh okay then great (laughs) (laughs) i wrote it down so i wouldn't have to remember it realize that right absolutely yeah well so i ended up meeting people through that and then you know they would end up at the conference and so i met all these people and like for the first time in my life i started finding my tribe you know what I mean? Like my people. And I was like trying to come up with excuses. Like, how do we, uh, you know, how do we stay in touch? And so I came up with this idea of like, Hey, let's just put like a, a Skype call together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then it turned into, wow, we're actually like talking about some really interesting stuff. How about I record it and we make a podcast out of it. And that's honestly, it was an excuse for me to talk to my friends. Love that's that. how it, it started. And wow. it just, it kind of went from there. We ended up having a really big listenership um uh we kept a uh slack group you know which is kind of like a online chat thing and uh had a lot of members in there and it's still going i mean it's still there that the community is full of like really awesome people like the people i like to surround myself with way smarter than me um and absolutely willing to to share and help other people so it's it, it it turned into this thing where i started answering all the questions at first in the slack group and then after six months, there were so many smart people. I couldn't answer it first, even if I wanted to. And then, you know, you, I started collecting people. So I started doing, and then, you know, once I moved past the technical, that's what I do now. I find like these amazing people that changed my life, truly changed my life, changed the way I think and feel. And, um, you know, it's so funny. It's like, I, I'm so bad about this now when I'm in conversation, I'll say, you know, such and such person, told me xyz and then i'll then i'll have to say oh well this other person told me this thing and this other person you know what it's like i'm always like 
like I'm doing a PhD thesis. Like I'm always having to cite my sources. And I really kind of <laughs> Welcome like. Welcome to my world, friend. Welcome to my world. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought about it. I was like, why is it so important to me to do that? One, it's like, I, 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 I want to honor the gift that this person gave me. Right. Cause yeah. I, I see it as that because it, these things like, like these sayings or whatever, they've become part of me now and they've changed the way I think. Right. And I, I really want to honor the gift that that person gave me. It gets exhausting because I've learned that I am really just this patchwork quilt of all these amazing people that have touched me in my life. And sometimes, you know, it gets tiring, like having to just constantly cite your sources. But, you know, at what point do I stop doing that? Because it is such a part of me now. It's like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. this, there's this break point, which I don't really know at which point I'm just saying something some kind person told me or you know i'm really just sharing of myself now so but I it's think this that's, weird that, blurring but that's proper intelligence i think you know what i mean like yeah, i don't think there's, no, there's nothing original in the whole wide world there's nothing but we no there's not i mean no yeah, yeah, what, yeah to me proper intelligence is first of all people that know what it is they don't know you know what i mean if you don't know ask don't pretend but there's mm -hmm. en there's enough ideas to go around is what my phd supervisor always <laughs> used to say to me and he was one of we is yep. one of the most generous people with that because there's i think sometimes people get a bit competitive around ideas and everybody wants to stake their claim i think it's yep. the opposite i think if you can say no i know because i've got five sources or two sources one source even to me that says much more about you than somebody that's just having a crack you know, unless you are genuinely, you know, a creative writer or, you know what I mean, your job is to write fantasy fiction and if that's the case, good luck to you. But even then, all the great <laughs> ideas have been had before. Let's face it. Like, and that's not a bad thing. You know, if we yeah. bring them out and put them together, that's where the art is, is pulling them all, patchworking them together, you know. That's what I think anyway. And if you worry about dropping sources, my occupational hazard is giving lectures. <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they pay me to yeah. do. I'll be talking and then my kids will be like, yeah, but can I just have something to eat now? Like, <laughs> is it over now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting pretty pretty bad about that as well but you know something else you reminded me of is um a lot of people are i found afraid to share their story because so many other people have said it oh so much better than i could ever do it yeah. and um i've learned that if you look there's a lot of books on the exact same subject right and it's like why do we keep making books on the exact same? well it's because everybody's got different lived experience they've got a different viewpoint they're coming from and totally. and i i guarantee it i've heard the same thing a hundred times and it's that hundredth time somebody will say it in just the way where that those tumblers in that lock just fall into place in my brain yeah. and unlock something, right? And yeah. so it, to me, it's like if you have a truth that is important to you, say it, right? Put it out into the universe because somebody needs to hear that and the right person will find it. Yeah. You know? And it's it's important and valid. I think you're right. I think the, you're, sorry, Kinsey, you go. No, I was just going to say a great thing about that I've found there's a theme to Greg saying it, that it's going to find you or people are going to find you or you're going to find it. There was a great question that he asked uh, me was about, do I believe in things happen for a reason or it's just a chance? And Greg said, for all the things that must have fallen into line for us to meet, think back of all those moments where it was Catherine. If it wasn't for Hilsey doing Clown Heart, I wouldn't have met Catherine. If it wasn't for 
Peter B trying to fulfil my bucket list and contacting Hillsy's management. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for the fact that you know I didn't work where Peter B worked, it was a different company. And he sounded rushed on the phone one night when I was trying to order a product at one minute to five. Going, he's going, oh, I go, oh, sorry, uh, Harry, oh yeah, just going to the footy. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm going tonight. Who do you support? Richmond. Me too. We became friends off that one comment, <laughs> and then I ended up working for his company. We become the greatest of both. He gave me my bucket list. Adam Hills is on that bucket list. Hills, he decided to make clown art because trying to teach his kids about death, and then obviously incorporate me into the show then he decided let's film it at the apollo in london he then decided to get catherine greg decided to get catherine as a, a, a guest i was on bang and here we are and and that's only a smidgen of the things that had to all fall in place and i love that theory now going and i've said that to a few people going imagine all those things that had to fall in place for us to meet yeah. at that right time and as i said before you know, it really annoys me that I haven't met you 20 years ago, but or, or even, let's say, 12 years ago when I was first diagnosed. Why has it taken so long? Because. Yeah, yeah. I think, and, I think yeah, because. <laughs> yeah, I think what... what... One of the one of the things I said to you and and I've all, and I've said this to several people and and when I heard somebody say it, my heart knew it was true 100 percent and it's instantly became part of me and it's. Uh, when you find somebody right that you just is on your wavelength right or or you know, whatever whatever cliche thing you want to say um when you find that person right um to say i'm glad we're alive at the same time yeah because truly just the the overwhelming odds for you to even be born period yeah. right or it's insane and then the odds that we would be alive at all, you know, all the span of human time. And then even then all the crazy stuff that had to happen for us to meet together in this moment, it's, I mean, it's beyond impossible to calculate and I'm glad it happened. Like, and for so our listeners, people. for our listeners, you may have picked up that Greg has an accent. <laughs> 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 Hey, you're the odd man out. Me and Liz don't have an accent. It's We're subtle. Oddies. It's very subtle. We hadn't noticed. No. <laughs> just, 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 he's got this tiny bit of an accent that uh, leans to the American side of things. No, it's, a, so he is, it's my French he's accent. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he's an American and he lives in Texas. So we thank him for doing this at his night time of his, when we recorded this, taking time out of his weekend and at night. We're on our work week already. My work week, yeah, right. I've worked for 12 years. <laughs> As you can tell, Oh, well, you can't tell because you're listening, but I'm in my pajamas like I am every day. <laughs> it's delightful. You're working on that nothing. Naked Tuesday body, bud. That's what you're doing. Yeah, you wait till tomorrow's, mate. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, know what, you know what I love about that, though, what you're just saying about, you know, being alive at the same time? I sort of feel like that's what podcasting does, though. Like, what I love about it is because it's not restrained. I can just find anybody, you know? Yeah. like. I can find it's like another avenue, you know, and, and I mean, yes, there's all the evils of what algorithm has brought me where and how, but I've found people and things and perspectives 
that I just would never, ever, ever have any other way of connecting with. You know what I mean? And I love that it's not through the gatekeepers. I love that it's not... I mean, sometimes it is, of course. But, you know, you'll mm. Google a name or you'll Google a... You know, we I do a podcast called Music Mothers and Others with a friend of mine about, you know, having kids and music industry stuff and whatever. And just the algorithm kicked up these boys in the States who talk about the Kids Bop, pod, the Kids Bop series. And they're two comedians <laughs> that just are hilarious but have nothing we have nothing in common but the algorithm went sure music kids why not anyway hilarious <laughs> fantastic no other reason and i feel like if there's like a special source to kind of bring people together somewhere i like to think the podcasting does a bit of that too you know and it's done it with us hasn't it Coomzy? like we had no if you're on television oh. i'm not necessarily going to message everybody i see on television that if I hear no. you on a pod, sometimes there's a bit of a feeling that there's a bit more of a through line. I feel sometimes. I don't know. Does that Well, that's how it started with us, wasn't it? Yeah. That's how it was. They sent me a message after listening to Philosophy. Yeah. S- simple as that. And then I think, I, well, I did reply and then replied. And this has been three years. Well, at least. Four years, sorry. 2019. Mm. So it just became constant messaging and... And then became a for me a source of support and comfort that I didn't have in, and I got truckloads of people who supportive and, and helped me. But this provided something a bit different. Um, and then we just found out we had more in common, even though I'm a fair a lot older, and likes and all that. And then we just clicked. And, you, and thankfully, thankfully, Liz came to Melbourne and on work. We actually got to meet in person, which was wonderful. We did, yeah. And for but me for but you for me too. You know, it's been really important to have somebody who I can who's a friend but isn't in my inner circle, you know what I mean? Who is a little mm. bit older who I can say things like like when my dad passed, for example, I knew this in the best and the worst possible way, a lot of my peers haven't had that experience yet. And I um mm. and I say that in a good way because that's good for them. Yeah. But also it's really hard yeah. because you kind of you feel like you need people who've been through that in some ways to be able to say to you, like I remember when it happened, just posting to my mm. my group on Facebook, just saying, tell me what I need to know. You know, like this, in some ways it feels like this is the part of life. This yeah. is the order it should be. Kids should say goodbye to their parents and heaven forbid, never the other way around. Mm. You know, like that no, should be, that should yeah. be our job. And I think, Coomsey, to that story of you holding your mum's hand and I think... She held you when you started and you held her when she ended and I can't think of a more beautiful gift yeah, as painful as it must be, but I can't think yeah. of a more beautiful <laughs> gift, you know. Um, mm. But also it just helped to be able to say, you know this, you know what I mean? Because everybody will say well-meaning versions of, you know, I hope you're yeah. right, and what, <laughs> but sometimes you have to have felt it. And then as mm. things go through and other people start, you become further on the chain and other people are in that situation mm. It's something that only yep. you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also really want Greg to hear something that I want to say to him, that I want to hear. I want whoever listens to this, that it's impossible for me to travel. I'm just not well enough. I can't even travel interstate. I probably could at a pinch, but, you know, finances obviously as well not great. But, mate, if I had the physical ability, I'd be on a plane to Texas. <laughs> it said be on a plane to Texas. 
because I'm really busting to meet your wife. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> <make> you. <laughs> See, Greg, if you, want to know, if you want to know why you didn't meet 20 years ago, it's because none of you would have been safe. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, like, uh... From the heart, obviously. I, I yeah. yeah. If I was physically able and I had um, the means, I, I seriously, I, I said it to my wife. I said if I could jump on an aeroplane um, like I did in my youth and just go where I wanted to, like to Canada to hear the nylon singing concert or to Washington, uh, to Toronto to watch Michael Jordan play his last game of basketball on my own because I didn't want to miss history. I did. Um, and my wife knows I'm like that. Uh, I would jump on a plane and go to uh, just about an hour out of Texas, I think, an uh, hour out of Houston, hour and a half drive out of Houston, and go and visit this man and um, shake his hand and uh, say thank you. Yeah, you're my brother from another mother. That's it's, um, it's, uh, it's something that's become important to me uh, in my life is uh, chosen family. Like uh, the family I grew up with wasn't exactly, they weren't exactly kind, you know, the kind of people you would... Um, you'd want to really hang out with. And so that's become like um, a really big thing in my life is, is, is one, the epiphany that you can't actually choose the people that, you mm. know, uplift you and, you know, take care of you and support you that you can actually make them your family, yeah. you know, yeah. and that was monumental. And so every now and then I'll, I'll collect somebody and I'll add them to the fold or, you know, I grew up in Waco, Texas. So add them to the cult, the compound. <laughs> <you> <laughs> I want to phrase it. You know. I've got to remember it's Waco, not Wacko, Texas. Well. Waco, Texas. I remember because I always think Wacko, Texas. Like, no, there, Waco. I think I think it's synonymous. Yeah, yeah, it, can be yeah, it is. Yeah, we know it well over here. Yeah, I figured you might. <laughs> Well, boys, I'm just keeping an eye on the time because I, I that's my job yep. is to keep an eye on the time. All good. Uh, do you? Yeah, been wonderful. Yeah. It's, is there anything? Can I ask a question to both of you? If you could interview anyone on a pod, or be on in, like be in a pod, either or as a guest on their show or you have them on your show, who would you have? Mm, am I going first on this one? Sure. Okay. Oh, I know, I know mine straight up. Anyway, so. are you buy, are you buying time, Greg? Is that the the, the standard no, buy, no. buying time no. thing? Is that's a really good question. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a great question? No, I can I can vamp I can vamp pretty quick. Um, no, I, I I do have some people uh, in there. Um, so one I already mentioned one RuPaul Charles, uh, amazing. Oh, yeah. um, and it's funny once you learn about him, there's some parallels in our life uh, that uh, you know he. A lot of the same stuff, um, Bold, but Bold? absolutely, yeah. absolutely <laughs> tall. So he's he's like Bold? an inch taller than me. I'm six foot three. Um, Whoa! And my wife's six foot, and my kids are like Whoa. six four, six five. Whoa. But they're babies; Jeez. they're going to keep growing. Um, How yeah, yeah, beautiful. tall. Uh, they're monsters. They're beasts. They're huge. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, so RuPaul Charles, amazing human, just amazing human, has really been through a lot of stuff, really goes out of his way to lift other people up and, and give a platform for people that are like, to me, all people deserve love. They deserve yep. to be represented. They deserve safety. Yep. And yep. he's huge for that community. And um, something my wife and I say is we want to save all the gay babies. Like anybody that's ever been an outcast, Yep. Know, not unlike myself, like a weirdo, you know, just 
Everybody deserves to be loved and cared for. And, you know, just anyway, peace and love. I, I love that guy. Um, uh, Adam Savage from Mythbusters. You remember oh, that show? Yeah. yeah. I love that guy. He's Absolutely. such a fascinating guy. He's such fascinating. And like I, I've always been a maker. I love tinkering. I love figuring out how stuff works. Um, I'm a little bit on the spectrum. So, right, there's a lot of uh, things that he kind of does that like soothes my brain. And I love that stuff. So a lot of parallels there. Um, and I think just a, a really all-around good human, like when you actually look at what he does uh, in his personal life with his charity and stuff like that. And, you know, he's a very giving kind person. I would love to to talk to to Adam Savage. There's another maker named Jimmy Duresta. I think is a really cool dude. Uh, he's a big YouTuber, mm-hmm. less famous, mm-hmm. but um, honestly, uh, a really uh, kind uh, giving of his time and energy and his knowledge. I'm a huge fan of people who give their knowledge away. That's something I've learned is that like so many people in life like guard it, especially mm-hmm. you know like work, especially in the technical industry. They're all true. like. Oh my God! If, if if I know this, I have to hold on to my little thumb or whatever. It's so true. You know, people become gunners, and I, I'm a little guilty of that too at times. Um, Industries I'm not are anymore. built that way. Industries are built that way, though, don't yeah. you find? Like they're they that's you know you're encouraged to do that. That's your worth. It's not yeah. Some environments, some environments especially, really breed that kind of behavior, and it sucks. And I don't work in those environments. I haven't for a long time, and I've I've learned that. Um, uh, if you give of your knowledge, you give of your time, good things start happening to you. Like every every good thing that's ever happened to me has come from saying yes and um, putting energy and effort out there. And just obviously, you know, the whole thing of you got to make sure you fill your cup and don't get exhausted. I mean, that, that always goes right. You can't say yes to absolutely everything. Um, but the other side of that coin, it's surprising how infrequent anybody asked me for anything. So I, I, I genuinely try and, and say yes whenever I can. Um, even if I'm not exactly feeling it in the moment, usually something good comes back from it. So um, those were, I don't know if you said three, but those are those are kind of the three that kind of pop into to mind. Not necessarily celebrities, just people that I find to be amazing humans that have a lot of insight. And I would love to to talk to them and see see if I go someplace that they've never been before to see if I can learn something that I wouldn't otherwise. I love yeah. that. I love that. Thank you. I've got a, I've got a dead and alive list. Hit me. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and, and that was a great band. I'd speak to dead and alive. That was great. Cool. Uh, on my dead list, number one, there's only one, Freddie Mercury. I mean, it's just, it's a given. Just to sit down with Freddie for half an hour, sit next to him, let him play. This is when I could sing and just sing with him or just let him sing to me. I don't really care. I'm just so thrilled that I got to be on the stage in Cambridge where Queen performed. When I walked in that time with Hills and we saw the picture of Freddie Mercury and I looked at the stage and I go, is that because they were here? And he goes, yep, you're going to be walking on that stage tonight where Queen were. When I, I remember walking out and... I, I didn't even realise there was an audience there. To be honest, I was just like <laughs> envisaged Queen standing on stage, and I, I should have just grabbed. In that time, I should have been smart enough to grab the microphone and just started going, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> see what the see what the see what the crowd done." They would have went, "This guy's done that." Anyway, um, so Freddie, hands down, My live list, um, Shakira. Huh. Nice. Which surprises a lot of people. 
Yeah. Her hips don't lie. Yeah. I want to know more. I, I, oh, I, yeah, just because she can dance. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just literally say to you, don't talk, don't sing, just flip and dance. Yeah. <laughs> that would make hard for a podcast, I, though, Kenzie. Yeah, that's fine. Me li- watching her dance is... Um, <laughs> I, I remember. You given the play DVD. by play. I see. Is it going to be a lot of yeah, heavy breathing? I'm going to be worried. <laughs> it's like turning into ASMR all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I got a Shakira DVD for Christmas once, and I put it on. I remember my wife walking past, going, "There's no sound. Do you realise there's nothing happening?" I went. She goes, "Can you turn the sound down?" Yeah. I said, "Now keep going." Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> She goes, you're insane. I went, yeah. So Shakira is on my uh, a lot of this because I I just captivated how she dances and and I love dancing. It's something I can't do, so I admire her even more. And as a, an Australian guy who I love dancing, it was in Strictly Ballroom, Fernando Mirror, and he actually led me to the love of dance. And I he he's one that oh man, he can dance and. Um, I was asked this weeks ago. I would have said I would love deep into Greg's soul. Uh-huh. So I've had the bucket list tick today, which I was thankful for Liz to bring it up when she said, "Maybe we should look at podcasting." As a, I went, "Yes, we should. We should get a guest. I know who we need to talk to. Don't worry about Adam Hills. Don't worry about Will Anderson. Don't worry about Joel Lysette. Don't Max. worry about." Max. <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> One person. And again, when I sent the message and got the, hey, I'd love to. And I, and I think you said this is the first time you've been asked. So um, that made it even more special for me. So, And that's truth from the bottom of my heart. I'm not saying it here. I've said it to Liz anyway. And I've told my wife. So, so she knows she's on um, shaky ground. She better behave herself. Otherwise, uh, I'm <laughs> off to Texas. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with you, Coomzy. It's um Well, you and Greg, I mean we've got such a bunch Welcome you to know, the world. Yeah, you might, if you get your first class ticket, if we win that if we win the big one, I don't know. We're on our way. We'll come and do a live podcast with Greg Sol. <laughs> and Christy. We'll let Christy in to hold the camera. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I don't know if you the camera a lot for your card trick before me. She might she might hold the camera. Actually, I have. Um, I'm asking her nicely. <laughs> I have some uh, some amazing friends over there on your side of the of the world. Uh, my friend Andrew Cox oh, is over there, and uh, he's one of my mates. Oh. I met for all that technical stuff, yeah. and then yep. I met him twice at two conferences, and we clicked so well that he invited me to come to Australia to to be. He's an Aussie. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, oh, great. Brisbane. I, I went to his wedding in Brisbane. He's living in. Uh, Melbourne now. Hmm. I wonder who else is in that area. So Way, it would hey, be blue. it would be really cool uh, if we could work out a. Uh, let's find a, a, let's find a conference page. For, let's find a conference <laughs> for you, Greg. Maybe that's yeah. the way to do it. That's how I got down there. I was there for a conference. Yeah, let's sort it out. Yeah. If let's only somebody was going to have a sixtieth birthday at the end of this year. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> you know, what's weird for me is I went over there in December. You know, which is like Christmas. Birthdays. And uh, it was funny because you guys were like hanging up decorations of like snowflakes and stuff. I was like, 
I am literally sweating my butt off. What do you? This is imperialism. Doesn't make any sense. This this is imperialism. So again, in the nicest possible way, I'm sure like every culture does this, you know, because but but yeah, no, exactly. When I try and explain to my students, they go, ah. No, there's nothing. I'm like, why are we seeing roast, chestnuts roasting on an open fire when it's 35 we, we degrees? We don't have fire. <laughs> that's right. Why is Santa Claus... Got the swimming pool going. That's it. That's it. And, you know, what's funny about it. Like, even the insistence on, like, hot meals and stuff, like, growing up, because my, yeah. my dad's side are Italian, so they would... My mum would make, like, a roast for them. And I'm like, why are we doing this? It's hot. Like, you know, but the beauty of it, if you've never had a proper Australian Christmas or a proper Southern Hemisphere Christmas, is you've got to have, like, cold food for Christmas. And we have, like, a Christmas pudding that is ice cream, and it's the best thing ever. So you've got to, yeah. if you've never done that, you've got to, and how, what's the minimum number of swims you reckon you should have on Christmas Day, Coombsy? It's generally two, it's generally three or four for us. Oh yeah, if you've got a pool, you got a pool, you're in. Yeah, gotta, gotta have all the swims. So you know, <laughs> absolutely, it's ridiculous. Yeah, oh, but I'm, I'm it getting, is ridiculous. It's hot, as you saw. It's I'm getting off track. Yeah. Sorry, I'm off track a little bit. This is, well, got him. I think we've got to use him. Um, yeah. This is really. I want to know what's Christmas in Texas look like to you? What what sort of happen? Sorry, but I, yeah. I have no idea. What's yeah. the weather like for a start? Yeah, because like Texas, I'm in kind of southeastish, south central. I don't know. I'm in Texas, a little bit south, uh, so it's warmer down here. So most Christmases, honestly, we're wearing like shorts, so and t-shirts. So like when the kids open the presents, they get to go outside and and play with all their okay. cool toys. So it's usually pretty warm down here. This far right. south in the U.S., it doesn't really start getting cold for us generally until. Uh, sometime in January, and then it really is cold in like February. Okay. Cold. Yeah. And are you guys yeah. okay there at what the moment? Temperature. Oh, it's. Uh, I don't. I only know it in freedom units. So it's 104 in freedom units. I don't know what uh, it is in Celsius right now, but it's it's Ooh, really hot. Yeah. yeah, that's that's 35 or something, isn't it? Yeah, that's gross. Close to it, I suppose. That, that's yeah. gross. Yeah. I think I, I started. Yeah. Well, that, that's about Christmas gross. Day. Christmas Day is about that. We cannot. So I remember having a Christmas day at like 38 Celsius, which is 110, I think, or something like that. Nice. <laughs> yep. And then I also remember a 12 degrees Celsius uh, Christmas day, like that's 52 or something. So like Melbourne, in Melbourne, we cop it a bit because the weather, and we just say, if you don't like the weather, wait a minute. Yeah, it'll change. <laughs> You'll get yeah. four seasons in one day here, no problem. Yeah. That's what they say down here. It's like you start in the morning with the uh, heater on, and then uh, by the afternoon you got the air conditioner on. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it's happened. Well, you need to come to Melbourne to experience this. We need to start a campaign to get Greg, Sol, and Christy to Melbourne for my, know, my 60th birthday. My my one and only regret is um, I didn't get to go to Bunnings and do the sausage sizzle oh, thing. No, that was the, got, that was like, the, I, I got the there, but they had already closed up. So no, no, was, I'll make yeah. them stay open for you, mate. I promise. <laughs> are you a fan of Bluey? Do you know what Bluey is? If I say, are your kids too old for that? I have no idea what Bluey is. Bluey, they are too old. Kids, oh, okay, Bluey is a kids' TV show. It's an Australian show. It's on Disney and everything. This is I'm going to show you. Massive in America. This is what Bluey oh, looks like. My, but Bluey Oh, has, no, no, no. My kids are uh, 15 and 17. Oh, no, but it's still, it's one of those things. It's a bit like the Muppets, you know, like people can get into it. You don't have to be a certain <laughs> age. But the reason I say is they do, there's an episode called Hammer <laughs> Barn, which is a ripoff of Bunnings. 
And so it's like, you know, so they don't break copyright and stuff. But ah. they get the sausage sizzle and everything. So if you need to kind of live vicariously. Buy your sausage for you, mate. That, oh, yeah. It's nothing like a bunny <laughs> sausage. We're, we're a bit mad. Do you call them sausage sizzles there? What do you actually call them? No, I. we don't have the equivalent. You don't go to the hardware store and there people are just frying sausages outside. It's not like a thing that happens are, here. You're supposedly civilized. I don't understand. You know, we don't call them anything. Because <laughs> well, they do not exist. Well, when you start up your own kind of side hustle and that, and you make your fortune on sausages at hardware stores, because it's so brilliant, right? It's the local charity that runs it. It's the way you know you, that you've got somebody who's dragged the rest of the family there. And I don't want to gender that because often that's me. So, you know, however it works, the kids get something. Everybody gets something. The local netball team gets something. It's happy days, you know? Yeah, yeah win-win. And I, I was, I mean, I was fully ready for it. They were, they were letting me borrow their car and I should not have been driving over there. It was bizarre. <laughs> Luckily, Christy was my lookout. And so oh, it was almost no. like a mantra of like, look the other way. Uh, and then uh, when we were on the roundabout, um, I, you know, like somebody almost smashed into us one time and uh, Christy referred to it as we almost got into a Tim Tam slam. So we were having a, I was just, I only, I only really went wrong way one time that a bus started coming. I was like, all right, let me fix that. And then just kind of, it was easy when there was traffic I could just follow the traffic, yeah. but the brain kind of falls oh, into that muscle. Yes. Oh my goodness. So next time yeah. we get you out here, so much to show you in Melbourne. Yeah. And we also get you a driver. I've got that. I'm putting Ooh. that on the list. Ham, <laughs> <laughs> sausages. That's right. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah My favorite were the white chocolate and banana Tim Tams. Oh. I like those. Those were, those were where I was at. Because we get the chocolate ones over here. We just don't get those. That was nice. Yeah. I mean, but you'll hit some purists Ooh. here. How do you feel about that, Coombsy? You're making the face. Is that a good face or a bad face? Oh, no. I like white Tim Tam. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that okay. one. And the varieties, I'm okay with, yeah. Did I tell yeah, you yeah, a yeah. stupid story about white chocolate when I was pregnant? Have I told you this story? So for some mm -hmm. reason, sorry, Greg, I'd, we, you're talking about side side tangents here as well. <laughs> when, when I was, I, 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 I got, I used to get terrible nausea when I was pregnant with my kids. And so for some reason, I couldn't, anything kind of white would kind of help. And so I was so miserable with it. I, I wanted to eat white chocolate because I couldn't have normal chocolate. And so I started off by getting, I don't know if you know what a Freddo frog is. Do you know what a Freddo frog is? It's like a little Man. chocolate frog. Again, this okay. is more stuff we have to... Uh, you, I'm going to have to get you a address yes, so I can you send you a... Yes, you I'll send you a care package <laughs> so you can start off with it. I'll do stuff. Yeah, but it's a little chocolate frog, right? And normally they're just milk chocolate, but you can get these things that are called milky tops, and they're half white yeah, half and, and half. And half white and half chocolate at the bottom. <laughs> now because Bellissimo. I, oh, beautiful. Now, because I had pregnancy brain as well, I thought I can't eat the, dark, the normal chocolate, but I'll just <laughs> buy a bag of the milky tops and just eat the tops off them. And so I proceeded to do that for a while until my darling uh, husband said to me, yeah, he goes, why didn't you just buy a bag of white chocolate? Yeah. And I just went, oh, thanks, pregnancy brain. Also, good sir, now you must go and, fit, now you must go and hunt and gather for now me. Now you've got to go and get them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was my only oh, pregnancy demand. My only diva moment was to say, oh, man, I can't do this. <laughs> I'll give you a medical tip before we go. Uh, white chocolate or white, whatever, uh, white other sweet products, they have something in them that, that does some wonders medically, which is absolutely true. So people can get 
nausea relief from white chocolate. Being a, a nausea fan who lives on three or four different types of medication for nausea daily, and, you know, the flat Dr. Pepper works, uh, which is great. Flat, warm Dr. Pepper I will have for nausea. It's great. I prefer it chilled with a cherry vanilla with my meal with a steak. Oh, beautiful. But um, So the white, whatever, there's this special component. And I'm, I used to have an ileostomy bag when I had three-quarters of my bowel removed. I had diverticular disease, so they had to take three-quarters of my bowel. So I had an ileostomy bag. And the clue they gave me, like when my wife had, because I had to lay down for her to change the bag, put the new bag on, yeah. because the loop of the ileostomy was, you know, take a bag off, it's sticking out your belly. <laughs> Remember, my son was 18, he came and he goes, Is that your bum in your belly? I went, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and walked out. It was leaking a fraction. But they said, Before you change the bag, eat white marshmallow. And it will slow the process of the bowel down. Don't eat the pink ones or don't eat any alcohol, but eat white before, 20 minutes before. And when you remove it, it won't go everywhere. And it slows that process down as well. It worked a treat. And I one day decided, without telling the truth and without telling my wife, I had a pink one. And I thought, well, when she changes the bag... <laughs> find out whether it's true or not, change the bag. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I went, oh, well, looks like that's true. Said, what do you mean? She wasn't too happy about that. She said, I can walk away and leave your bum stuck in your belly. I went, oh, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, right, come back and put the bag on. I apologize. But So, yeah, I actually, I got her. <laughs> ever the scientist. That's all you're doing. You're ever the scientist. You need, just you need to check yeah. the experiment. Testing is people scientific... We're giving people scientific uh, evidence to quote on the thing. Yeah, you very for much. sure. You are well, the you mentioned. Yeah, go. Sorry. As you say, you mentioned Dr. Pepper, and Waco is the birthplace of Dr. Ooh. Pepper. That's where it was invented. <gasps> and I used to go there, and the Dr. Dr. Pepper Museum, now. they used to sell you a glass bottle of just the syrup, right? No carbonation. You just take it as you put oh, it on vanilla ice cream. Man. Oh, man. It was heaven. Oh, is that my still friend there? Andrew from Australia did that too, like a psychopath. It's like, yeah, no, it's like a full-size glass bottle. You're made to just pour it on ice cream. They stopped selling it, but I'm going to see if I can oh. source it for you. Because it was amazing. Oh, is that, and maybe, is that maybe I'll source it to you. I'll, do what? The Waco uh, homage to Dr. Bepper still there? Mm, yeah, the original factory where they used to bottle it. They turned oh. it into a museum. So you get to like go through wow. it. They've got like the old soda fountains with the jerk, you know, where you like – Put the uh, syrup pumps in. Always get them to get uh, two extra pumps of syrup, and then uh, fill it up. And then they push it the other way, and it like shoots down there and mixes it all up. It's delicious. That's amazing. Delicious. I don't nectar think I of can, the gods. I don't think we can do better than eat white marshmallows and do two pumps when you get your Dr Pepper. I think that is. We don't get better than that. Gold. Pod, that is that is what podcasting is for. <laughs> <laughs> It's been an absolute pleasure and an honour, and I thank you both immensely for the debate. It's so beautiful yeah. to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time.